It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Tuesday, December 13th, 2016. We have 22 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have northeast winds 5 to 10 knots, wind waves from the northeast 2 feet high at 4 seconds apart, and west swells 5 feet at 9 seconds. And today we'll talk about a new tourism venture in China that aims to create a replica of the doomed cruise ship, the Titanic. Visitors will be able to experience what it was like to be on the sinking ship. But first, a look at today's Columbia River ship schedule. We have four inbounders. We have 11 in the Astoria anchorage, and we have seven outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. We have uh, the tug C-SPAN King arriving this morning. She'll be arriving from Vancouver, B.C. She'll be at the Astoria fuel dock at about 7.30 a.m. The Mount Travers is a bulk carrier arriving from Crockett, headed for Astoria's anchorage. She's eventually going up to the port of Portland to pick up potash, but she'll arrive in the Astoria area in the anchorage at about 1.30 p.m. today. The Ultra Crimson is a bulk carrier arriving from Port Angeles, headed for Astoria's anchorage. She's also going to the port of Portland to pick up potash. She'll arrive in Astoria's anchorage around 9.30 p.m. The Pacific Cypress is arriving from Vancouver, B.C., headed for Vancouver, Washington. She's going to a berth that handles bentonite clay. She'll pass Astoria around 10.30 p.m. and arrive in Vancouver early in the morning on Wednesday around 4.30 a.m. In the Astoria Anchorage, we have, um, actually, we have three ships at sea that can't come into the Anchorage yet because there just isn't any room. And you'll see when I tell you about all these ships that are there, we have 11 of them. And uh, we have one that I believe if she is still, if she's still anchored offshore, she's a military vessel. She is a, a U.S. Army logistics support vessel called the Harold C. Klinger. And um, she'll be an interesting thing to look at. I believe her, um, her, the bow um, turns into a ramp that allows military vehicles to um, to they can run it up on the beach essentially and run the military vehicles off in the sand. So she's a very unusual, very specific use vessel, and she will eventually be headed, I believe, to Swan Island, which is a place where um, vessels go for repairs. They also go there for labor as a place to tie up when they're um, getting supplies and changing crews and things like that. Other vessels that we have in the Anchorage include the Conti Spinel, the Sunny Royal, the Scarlet Island, the G.H. Glory, the Beijing 2008, the Gia Da, the Atlantic Legend, the Agia Skippy, Skeppy, the Jenko, Brit- Brit- the Jenko Brittany, we tried that one again, the Golden Highway, and they're all bulk carriers except for that military vessel if she's still out there. Most of the time the vessels that you see offshore are those dry bulk carriers. In our outbounders, we have another military vessel, the USNS Henry J. Kaiser. She's a military sealift command vessel, which are Navy vessels that are are um, crewed by civilian crews, and they act in a support um, role to those active duty vessels in the military. She's a replenishment oiler, which means that she's a tanker. She can run alongside vessels at sea active duty vessels in general, and she can run a big hose across between the two ships, and while they're running alongside one another at sea, they can refuel, so that is her purpose. She'll be leaving Portland around 6 a.m., maybe passing Astoria outbound around noontime, and she'll be that telltale military battleship gray color. The Coral Garnet is leaving Kalama. Uh, corn, soy, or wheat on board there are the possibilities. She's leaving around 8.30 a.m., could pass Astoria outbound around 1.30 p.m., 
The Centurion is leaving Vancouver with wheat on board around 12.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 6.30 p.m. The BBC Piranha is leaving um, Vancouver with copper concentrate on board, I think, leaving around 2 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 8 p.m. The CMB Chicago is leaving Portland carrying soda ash around 2.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 8.30 p.m. The Atlantic Highway, with a name like Highway there, you might wonder what's on board. Yes, cars. She's leaving Portland with Toyotas on board, leaving around 3 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 9 p.m. And the Andes Queen is leaving Kalama carrying wheat at about 5.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 10.30 p.m. Well, there's a new maritime-themed tourist attraction being constructed in China. It aims to give people the opportunity to see what it's like to be in the middle of a disaster at sea, and a very famous disaster. So this story I'm going to read to you is from Reuters. Um, It was published around the beginning of this month, so around December 1st or so, Let me just read it to you. You too may soon be able to feel what it was like to hit an iceberg on the Titanic. The construction of a life-size replica of the doomed passenger ship began in China's southwestern Sichuan province on Wednesday, this is earlier in December, with a keel-laying ceremony and fireworks to mark the occasion. It's part of Star Energy Investment Group's plans for a tourist resort along the Qijiang River in Sichuan's Deying County and it will eventually come with a simulation of the iceberg collision that sank the original ship in the Atlantic Ocean on April 15, 1912. Backers say the project will also play on the 1997 blockbuster Titanic movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Uh, An executive from um, Stephen Starr, the company that is handling this um, building this this, uh, attraction, said it should not be strange that it is in China. He said the project, which is above its original slated cost of about $145 million, would probably be finished by the end of 2017. Hollywood production designer and producer Curtis Schnell, who's working on the project as its Titanic design expert, said despite online criticism that a tragedy in which some 1,500 people died was being resurrected for tourism purposes, the company, he said, has recognized the venture in a very respectful way. We're trying to get it as close as we can, he said. We're not building every room in the ship by any means, but the shell of the ship and the exteriors will be quite accurate, and there will be interior rooms to be able to tour and see from the standpoint of historical accuracy. The new resort will also feature a man-made beach, a 6D movie theater, and replicas of a Venetian church and European castles. So a little bit more about the Titanic, um... That was an, a disaster from a different era, and, and it, it was quite influential in bringing a lot of, of safety upgrades to ships, including having radio contact 24 hours a day and um, just having a lot of design changes in ships to prevent, to, to um, allow ships to be able to isolate damage and not have a ship sink because it had a hole in just one place. So um, the Titanic, even though it was a terrible tragedy, really did create a lot of changes in the maritime industry as far as how certain things were handled when ships were built. And I think that's probably happened every time there's been a significant tragedy. Um, experts have looked back and said, what could we do differently um, you know, going forward to, to prevent this from happening again. And, and as a result, ships are, are very safe 
um, these days, partly because of the lessons learned from many of those very sad tragedies. And the Titanic is certainly one that has stood out in, in history because of the incredible loss of life there. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this show on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.